Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Whitney Houston! Legendary singer Whitney Houston's voice was considered by many to be a national treasure, one that was silenced far too early. Sadly, after years of drug abuse and tabloid headlines, her death in 2012 came as a shock, but not a surprise. That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Oh, glorious day. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Why are you doing like old timey like ragtime guy voice? Because I'm just feeling it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got okay. a new week. Hello, Kyle, Kyle is standing up doing some crazy jig right now. Hello, and... my lady. <laughs> yeah, he has a top hat and he has a cane and he's yeah. doing something. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Fred Astaire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crazy legs over but here. Way worse. He looks oh. like Al Jolson. Okay, oh, wow. You bringing up Al Jolson's a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> there was a hard R in that Jolson. Oh. Yikes! Yo, okay, that's a that's a wild beginning yeah. to this already. Welcome, everybody. My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairin, and I'm Alejandro Dowling. And this is another edition of Death and Entertainment. Yeah. This week, uh, Whitney Houston on deck. Oh my God! In fact, would you two please stand up with me and let's listen to this clip? Can you take off the top hat, Kyle? That's a little disrespectful. Let's go, Whitney. You were going to say. Let's go get Saddam fucking Hussein. Let's fucking kill his ass. <laughs> Take him out of the hole. Let's go to war for Kuwait. So that, of course, was Whitney Houston singing the national anthem at Super Bowl Twenty-Five. Great rendition. Some some would say the best. Some would say the best all-time Star Spangled Banner. It has to be. Yeah. What beats that, Roseanne? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I she forgot spits about on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, in that, Tom Arnold just fidgeting in the in the in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Proud husband. Yeah. <laughs> And in that Super Bowl, the Giants beat the Bills. Ah. Yeah. 1991. Uh, the Gulf War was wrapping up. Bill Parcells was the coach of the Giants. I remember that for some reason. Yep. And so, yeah, it was uh, Bill Belichick as a, assistant. a coordinator. Yeah. A patriotic moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because of Belichick. But, no. You know, the Gulf War and Whitney. And- yeah. USA, USA. <laughs> I love fucking the Iraq War. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this is also one episode that has um, kind of just fallen on the actual week of the event. 
as we're recording this, it's actually the exact 10-year anniversary yes. of her death. So this episode is taking us all the way back to February 11th, 2012. Hey, so Kyle, so uh, what's going on around this time? We got a lot going on, guys. We got uh, in the world of music... At number three, we have We Found Love by Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris. That's a big wedding song. Is it? Yeah. I say I that because I was at a wedding once. And, <laughs> and they played so it. the one wedding you've been at for the past uh, couple of years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was deemed a wedding song. Yeah. What happened to Calvin Harris? I don't even know who that is. I don't even know who that these These songs... I lo- I know less and less more about it's just as we get to, as we get deeper present. and deeper yet to the present. <laughs> I know nothing. Okay, yeah. let's uh, <laughs> screw Calvin Harris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number two is "Stronger" by Kelly Clarkson. What does it kill you makes you stronger? Take it away, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> I don't know any of the words. <laughs> yeah, you that. did. Know I thought Kelly Clarkson words. was in the room right a second ago. <laughs> yeah, that was when she was just a millionaire. Oh, is she a billionaire now? Seems like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of shaky facts from Alejandro today. It's the biggest wedding song ever. Really? Yeah, I was at one wedding five years ago. Well, you know, she's hosting talk shows and... No, she's doing well. Like, a yeah. friend of mine actually worked for her on her uh, her current show and mm-hmm. said, you know, she just went through a very bad divorce. And I think yes. she lost a lot of... Her wealth because of it. Yeah, my she mom was exclusively the reads tabloids, and she tells me this crap. <laughs> <laughs> Look, who, the the birds chirping over here now <laughs> after the silence of the first song. Yep. Now we got something to talk <laughs> yeah. about. Now he loves it. Yeah, I did hear about that. He's trying to get as much money as he can yeah. from her, which you know you can't blame the guy. Hey, equal rights, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 2022. That's right. Give me my money, lady. <laughs> Lady, lady. <laughs> um, number one song at the time was "Set Fire to the Rain" by Adele, by um, Fat Adele. Oh, okay. Man. No, come on. Before she, you know, had her her uh, transformation, she was big boned, heavier fat. set Adele. Was, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> if that's Kyle how just, you want to say it, I'll just says Fat Adele. Fat Adele. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, pleasantly plump Adele. Exactly. Yeah. Healthy. She healthy. was still hot. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Some would say hotter. She's gorgeous. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great anyway, voice and yeah. very gorgeous. Set of lungs, yeah. if you know what I mean. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Set Fire to the Rain uh, became number one after 20 weeks on the charts, and it was the third single to top the charts from her album 21 after mm. Rolling in the Deep and Rumor Has It. Yeah, yeah she, that was all over the place. She's got good that time. Yeah. It was one of only six albums during the 2010s to yield at least three number one singles, the others being Katy Perry's Teenage Dream, Rihanna's Loud, and Taylor Swift's 1918, Justin 1989. Bieber's... Oh, sorry. Yeah. 1918. <laughs> yeah, the Red Sox. It was a s- sequel of the uh, Sam Mendes movie, 1917. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I can read. Taylor Swift's 1989, Justin Bieber's Purpose, and Drake's Scorpion. Nice. So, so those are all on. the big albums of the decade. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the TV world, we have NCIS, after eight years, was ruling the TV ratings with 20 million viewers for their 200th episode. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Those shows kill it. 
I know. Like 911, which I am a fan of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they kill it because of you. You. Yeah. I, well, it's just trash TV and it's fun. And mm-hmm. it, you don't have to think about all the, the bigger problems with the world. Yeah. You just jump into NTIS. And this is the only problem with the world is like, you know, very uh, black and white kind of uh, criminals and stuff. And like cops always winning. And it's just, <laughs> it's nothing close to reality at all. It's amazing. And yeah. it's episodic TV. Yeah. So you can sit down, watch an episode, but you you don't have to take it's it like with your you. work day you know you just like you know you start in the morning and then you end it you don't have to take anything home with you so. yeah um also dominating in the ratings was ncis los angeles now so that's it, not fair completely different show <laughs> yeah with, with chris o'donnell right uh yeah yeah. And, yeah and what's his face ll cool j yeah ll cool j yeah. which you cannot refer to him as ll or ll cool j or james in person he only responds. Do you have to. Do you have to say "ladies love." Yeah. <laughs> he only responds to Todd. Seriously? What? Yeah. And Todd is the worst name on the planet. Yeah. It's Todd his middle sounds name. like you know, like a guy who's like thirty who still like hangs out near the high school with a Mustang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, LL Cool J is way cooler than that. Yeah. Or for LL, lack of a better maybe word, maybe LL or or ladies he, love. He won't even respond to James, which is his first name. It's Todd. His, his he goes by Todd. Is that just on, on on movie sets or anything or NGIS? Um, it was on sets that I was on, and people would be like trying to talk to him, and he just would not respond unless someone called him Todd. Yeah, it was very that's odd, odd Todd. Who, yeah, <laughs> that is odd. Who do you Todd? That was a playoff of uh, Who Do You Love? Todd Knit and Todd Knit and Todd Knit. Well, <laughs> ladies love Todd, I guess. <laughs> ladies love Odd Todd. <laughs> uh, in this day in history, February 11th, it, uh, 2012, it was the sixth anniversary of Vice President Dick Cheney accidentally shooting his friend Harry Whittington in the face Whoops. with birdseed during a hunting trip. And so that would make it now the 16th anniversary. Wow. Yeah, that happened on 2-11-06. That dude was a huge cuck, the guy who got <laughs> shot. Because so he would watch my... them have sex? You just say a cuck? Yeah, because Dick Cheney said, hey, will you change your story or will you like... He's like, I know I shot you in the face, but will you tell people like this didn't happen or yeah. something? And uh, th- this this cock guy said, <laughs> sure thing, Mr. Cheney, whatever you say. While he's got like a bullet hole in his face. Yeah. I looked, I totally look like a pheasant. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of a bitch move. I remember him, the friend, downplaying the matter. At yeah, the time. he's like, yeah, I fell into a fucking bullet. <laughs> <laughs> it's no big deal. He just shot my head off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's like a battered uh, friend or something, you know. I think it was that thing of the good old boys club. Yeah, we don't we don't snitch on each other. Exactly. No, no snitching. Yeah, I want to look good in front of my master, pretty much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle's coming edgy yeah. today. Loaded, <laughs> yeah. locked and loaded today. Locked and loaded. They're yeah. all cucks. They're all cucks. <laughs> hey, cuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle has a knife on the table in front of him today. <laughs> They're all cucks because they actually went to a like a pheasant shooting place where they literally have the pheasants fenced in so that they can't get away. So you can literally like corner one and it's like miniature it golf or something yeah it's, it's like, stupid yeah. it's not really real hunting no yeah it's yeah. cock hunting yeah <laughs> well cock hunter good you know, cock hunting <laughs> uh, dick cheney 
obviously got bored and started shooting people. Yeah. Cuck you know? hunter. Sometimes you gotta shoot <laughs> yeah. a cuck in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, welcome to the Whitney-sode. Hey, there we go. The Whitney-sode. As Kyle mentioned, it is 10 years to the day when she was found dead in a bathtub at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. I remember this because I thought, you know, Bobby was going to be the one to drop dead or, you know, get beat up for saying something stupid. That dude's going to live forever. Yeah, he's still going and like, he doesn't seem to feel or I hear any guilt yeah, from sure him, not. he probably has no idea it happened. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't even know what happened. <laughs> We're gonna jump into the, some of this insanity with Bobby Brown. Well, I don't want to get ahead of any yeah, of this. Very stuff. soon. What I know about Bobby Brown is from uh, Roxbury, Mass. Uh, or, is he, or is he from Dorchester? Uh, one of them. Okay, thank you. <laughs> the expert over here. Yeah, the I'll expert, prove. Mr. Dorchester himself, doesn't even know. That's right. I was actually living in Chile at the time oh, wow. when she died, and yeah, it was huge news there, too. Yeah. It was one of those celebrity deaths that everybody was talking about. Mm-hmm. You know one fact I know about her, which I found interesting after they killed Osama bin Laden? He really had the heart for Whitney Houston. What? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He found her like very, or maybe that was Saddam Hussein. <laughs> he, Mark accused me of just throwing out facts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's either yeah. Saddam Hussein or Bill Clinton. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so one of no, it was Saddam because Saddam had like a bunch of her albums in because when he when she played the the national anthem, mm. like he was like watching in Iraq and like kind of he had like a, a chubby or something. Can you imagine him in his palace by himself? Just listening to I want to dance with somebody in tidy whiteies eating Doritos. He loved Doritos too. That was a big thing he loved. Wow. Yeah. Just the the, the, the Dorito cheese dust in his in his mustache and stuff. Yeah. Then we find out it was Putin who was a big Whitney fan. It wasn't Saddam. Yeah, he planted the albums. (laughs) All right, so let's get into this. Whitney Houston was born on August 9th, 1963 in Newark, New Jersey. Newark. Her parents were city administrator John Houston and gospel singer Sissy Houston. And her mom was a big deal. She was a backup singer, worked with all the big names. Yeah, didn't... Well, their family had like a ton of people like... um, Who was their uh, aunt? Whitney's godmother was Darlene Love. Okay. And her honorary aunt was Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Well, that's a big one right there. Yeah. And then her cousins, her real cousins, were Dion and Dee Dee Warwick. The Warwick sisters. That's right. Yeah. I guess I'm just going to come out with this right away. Okay. Uh, In a 2018 documentary, which was sanctioned by the Houston family. The the estate or whatever. The estate. Yeah. There were allegations made that Dee Dee Warwick molested Whitney Houston and her half brother Gary Garland. Yep. Man, crazy! When they were kids, That's brutal. Crazy. I and, think I remember hearing about this. So that was the big shocking claim. And Pat Houston, who here, let me paint the picture of who what this family sure. is. So that's her parents, and so she had a brother, Michael Houston, and then a half brother, Gary Garland. 
and Gary is the one who made the allegation. So Gary is from um, a second marriage from the dad or the mom? From a different dad. Okay. And then he married Pat. So Pat Houston, I always thought that was her sister, but it was her sister-in-law. But Pat Houston became her confidant and manager and... Currently, Pat Houston is the sole executor of the Whitney estate. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. So and it's then, basically his call saying, you know, confirming yeah. that for the, the Dion Warwick. Exactly. All that stuff was going on. Yeah. And then I'll also add that Sissy Houston and Dion Warwick rebut that claim. Okay. Or refute that claim. Yeah. Refute? I think refute. I think rebut yeah. or refute yeah, would be both there. Yeah. And even Whitney's best friend, Robin Crawford, also doesn't think it happened because she thinks that Whitney would have told her at some point about it. Yeah. One other interesting thing about Pat Houston is think about, like, where did she get the name? She married Gary Garland, whose name was Garland. Yeah. And so then Pat's like, oh, I'll just take Houston. It sounds a little like she wanted to be. Yeah, of course she wanted Houston. to be Houston. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, you just kind of use the name. She even should be you, Pat Garland. You have no real right to it. No, but you just kind of attach yourself to another family. But they all let her. So yeah. that's like, why I'm not a tree decoration. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck Judy. Nice. <laughs> so I'm Houston, baby. <laughs> Gary Garland played in the NBA for a season. And, uh, yeah, that's about it about Gary. Yeah. (laughs) See you later, Gary. (laughs) Bye, Gary. Bye. So Whitney began performing solos in her church choir at the New Baptist Church. In Newark. In Newark, New Jersey, yes. And, you know, wowed the crowds from a young age. Everyone thought her voice was mature beyond her years. A lot of big stars come from Jersey. Yeah. I noticed that. Like, um, Bruce Springsteen. Like, an eclectic mix, too. Like, the Fugees. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Zach Braff. Yep. Yeah. Take them back. Please. Naughty by Nature. Naughty by Nature. Yeah. Tretch. And, uh, at John Stewart. Oh, I didn't realize mm. John Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from North Jersey. Mostly North Jersey. Yeah. If you're from South Jersey, you're kind of crazy. <laughs> Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith. Yeah. He's from like Red the, Bank. the mid area, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so, Houston's career took off when she was just 17, when Clive Davis heard her singing in a nightclub. And he, of course, headed Arista Records. Yeah. Mm. Legend in the uh, industry. He's kind of a strange fellow. Yeah. Like he had been around since like the 50s or something, right? Like he, oh, he was working with like the Stones. Like he worked with like everyone, like a lot of Motown people, you know, that were in and out of his tutelage and stuff but yeah, yeah. he'd been around forever at he's that still time. alive i thought he was dead <laughs> he looked like he was on death doorstep like 15 years ago i know yeah. and he came out with a book a few years ago and actually got in a feud with our gal kelly clarkson how oh what was it there was some feud where he said you're not a billionaire and then you were like well i feel like she is <laughs> <laughs> and then that's so squashed you, everything Clive. yeah <laughs> so fuck off <laughs> You know what? Everyone Google it. They yeah. got in a few. <laughs> and then for some reason, he felt like telling everybody, by the way, I'm bisexual. Clive, Who said that? Clive Davis, right? Yeah. He, oh. And he's like, I've had male and female lovers. <laughs> and then he, I think he was dating some young guy. <laughs> And it's like, nobody wants to hear about an old <laughs> guy talking about, like, twinks that cock. he's dating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
But he's a very talented guy. And he discovered Whitney Houston. <laughs> the name of the book was No One Asked for This. Yeah. <laughs> the trouble began when uh, when Clarkson and Davis argued over a song she wrote, the song Because of You. Because of you. You know that one? Oh, yeah. Uh, great rendition. Clive told her it was a shitty song because it didn't rhyme. <laughs> and he didn't want to produce it. So that's how it started. Oh man, I'd be pissed too. You yeah, said well, that you, about my you, big you just, hit, just and it was huge. Your, oh yeah, just yeah. keep that to yourself, maybe. Right. So yeah, he wrote a book like you said, no one wanted. <laughs> yeah, most books are like that. It's though. called Cuck. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so he discovers Whitney, and in 1983, he sets her up on the Merv Griffin show, where she performed the song "Home" from the Wiz. Mm. Okay. And wowed everybody just like she did when she was at the New Baptist Church. And this was her introduction to the world. Yeah. As Whitney Houston, the pop star. Mm. And two years later, in 1985, her first album, self-titled, became the best-selling female debut in history. 22 million copies. That is... Imagine 22 million copies of a record. Goddamn. Imagine how much money that is going to like net you. You know, like, oh, yeah, obviously, there's a lot of hands in the pot. I'm sure I was going to say a rookie deal. She probably didn't even make that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A a lot of people like songwriters and stuff and producers that were pulling a lot of that money away from her. But I think Clive was fairly decent to her. That's good. That's possible if he was like a family friend or something. Yeah. Yeah. She became rich very fast. Yeah. If you're not, you're not going to get fucked that bad if you have good, like industry uh, parents involved with you and stuff or someone in your family that knows how to kind of, you know, steer you through the, the nonsense. Yeah. And it benefits him to make her happy and successful because it's going to be stay a, with him. exactly it's going to yeah. be a long career. She's not then. like a flash in the pan person. No. like like Kelly Clarkson. No, I'm just kidding. I, God, <laughs> <laughs> trying to start another feud. Um, possible billionaire Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, you mean the maybe billionaire? <laughs> All right. So Whitney said that the pressures of working and sustaining her reputation as one of the world's greatest voices were hard on her from the beginning. Hmm. Well, keeping a voice is like really tough. People don't really realize, or maybe some people do, but yeah, like, especially when you're smoking crack. Well, it doesn't it's help. Hard it. to maintain. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She had this gift, this voice, and to do drugs and smoke. But she also had this, this beautiful voice. Too. Yeah, it's yeah, it's hard addiction. To, it's hard to balance both things. Where you're like, you know, you want to do this job and you want to do it a hundred percent. Yeah, but you also like to kick back and you know have some crack once in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or I mean, smoke weed. She was a big weed smoker too. Mm-hmm. Like people assume it's it's all crack I, I don't know, really know how much crack she was doing but she liked smoking weed or maybe having a cigarette or something and that mm-hmm. that stuff okay that at him co- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that all adds up on your on your voice and stuff you are both correct sir yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also something that weighed on her was she was this black star in a white pop world yeah so famously in her video for i want to dance with somebody how was my rendition i gotta feel the heat <laughs> We got some great singers on this podcast. (laughs) Black audiences thought that she was trying to look like Tiffany or Or uh, Debbie Debbie uh, Gibson. Debbie Gibson. Thought she was being too white. Yeah. Yeah. That she wasn't black enough somehow. So they booed her at the 1988 Soul Train Awards. Oh my God. And that really hit her hard. And then they booed her again the next year in 1989. What? Soul Train Awards. Same audience. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, the same exact people. <laughs> yeah. Also wow. that night, 
she met someone named Bobby Brown. Uh oh. From uh, New Edition. Yeah. Then started being a solo artist. Do you have a little New Edition uh, here that we can we can pop on just to give people uh, a taste? Let's fucking go. Boston's own New Edition. New Edition. Me too. They paved the way for new kids on the block. They took the new word. Yeah, exactly. First. I love it, birds. Oh, yeah. One of their B sides. <laughs> he was like the bad boy of the group, Bobby. All right. Yeah, he sounds really bad here. Yeah, it's kind of their, one of their low key ones. Yeah, okay, this is the one I remember. It. This is yeah, this is the new edition song. I had this tape. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, so New Kids on the Block basically kind took of, the template. Yeah. A little more street, but like yeah. from the same neighborhood, kind of, but like, um, yeah, uh, Bobby Brown was like the bad boy. Every mm-hmm. one of these groups has like the bad boy, you know, like Joey Fatone or like uh, it, it was. <laughs> oh, was he the, the bad, bad boy? Was, <laughs> wait, was it him? I don't know. I don't know if that group had a bad boy, really. Because Donnie, Donnie Wahlberg was the bad boy. Yeah, Chris Kirkpatrick. Chris Kirkpatrick. Yeah, he's the bad boy. That <laughs> like, who the hell is thought about Chris Kirkpatrick? <laughs> what did he in have in his years? hair? Yeah. yeah, he had fake white dread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible look. <laughs> <laughs> they should have booed him at the Soul Train Awards. <laughs> Preemptively. Yeah, yeah. Bobby Brown is originally from Roxbury's Orchard Park Project. Ah. Mm. Roxbury. Okay. Roxbury, okay. And Whitney was fresh off of trying to date Eddie Murphy at this time. Didn't work out. Okay. And I think that bad boy image appealed to her. How did Eddie Murphy fuck that up? Like before she's on drugs, she wasn't super attractive, yeah, super talented, beautiful. She was doing drugs then, though, too. Oh, I think it went way back in the family. Oh, yeah, yeah. people think that Bobby Brown introduced her to drugs. That's what I was gonna say. It's very easy to blame Bobby for it. Not the case, okay. Her brother Michael actually introduced her to drugs. Oh. Look, obviously Whitney wasn't just thinking about her image. They had what she called a crazy love mm-hmm. from the first moment they met. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he asked her out. She accepted him from there. It was a crazy love express train. I remember. I, I saw it depicted very well in the E! show that they did together. Bobby, oh, yeah. Bobby and Whitney. God, that's bravo. when they were, that's when they were oh, a Oh, bravo. Mess. Sorry, yeah. bravo, yeah. Mm-hmm. But at this time... It was casual drug use socially. Yeah. For so fun. when they're first kind of hooking up and stuff, they're just kind of doing drugs here and there. Yeah. They found out quickly like they had that in common and they're like, yeah, yeah. let's do drugs together. Birds of a feather. Yeah. It, and like you said, it's like she was super obsessed with that. I think immediately she told her friend, like, I'm going to marry that guy. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And by her side always was her best friend, Robin Crawford, who she met when she was 17 at summer camp. Yeah. And she fooled around with Robin before her... Whitney did? Yeah, before her first album. So like Clive Owen, she kind of dabbled on both sides of the spectrum. Clive Davis. Davis. <laughs> Clive, Clive Owen, Owen yeah. <laughs> Mr. Croupier himself. <laughs> he probably dabbles, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, he could. Who knows? He did yeah, a pretty good Bill Clinton. And, uh... I think... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robin has since said they weren't into labels. But I think... 
Robin was gay and yeah. Whitney was bisexual or fluid. Mm-hmm. And they were just doing that thing like partying and making out. Yeah. And stuff like that. Right. And then around the time that Whitney started taking off, they made a pact like, okay, we're not going to mess around anymore. Mm. Our friendship's too important. Let's just be best friends. Okay. Mm. And so, yeah, Robin's always there. And obviously, she clashes with Bobby Brown. (laughs) I could imagine. Wow. Most people seem to. But she's doing a lot for Whitney. She's like, what would you call it? Not an assistant, but. Just part of her entourage. Yeah. Partner. Well, you know, like <laughs> that's a strong ma- <laughs> sets things up, uh, books, dates, and uh, yeah. somewhat manager, yeah, like assistant secretary, gopher, all that stuff, gopher, <laughs> sure, <laughs> way worse. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll leave it at that. Go but, get us coffee. Yeah, <laughs> but I think she was a little higher Go than get a your gopher. Shine box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get coffees no more. <laughs> I don't know if they uh, went up there in New Jersey to tell you, but I don't get coffees no. More. <laughs> and Bobby Brown's like, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Her next album after the Soul Train Awards booing yeah. was I'm Your Baby Tonight. And it worked out. People liked it a lot on both sides. Yeah. White and black, uniting people. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Critically lauded album, more R&B, So funk, she's very aware, dance. cognizant of the fact that, you know, the black community is not really 100% on board with her, the, even though she's... Selling twenty million records to to white people, she mm-hmm. wants to kind of cross over, yeah. on both sides and and not kind of just cater towards a white audience. Yeah, we went over the Super Bowl. She had that success, you know, yeah. around that same time, and her and Bobby are getting more serious. I have this quote here from her: "I had no time to grow up. I had no time to party." She said, "I didn't even date in my twenties." I wasn't that normal 20-year-old young woman going through her phases. I was a millionaire by the time I was 22. Damn. This sounds like one of our past death and entertainment, Brittany Murphy, in which she had a similar way of explaining, like, I never really dated. I never really had, like, a, a real childhood experience. Also from New Jersey, mm-hmm. she was, like, thrust mm. into yeah. being an actor, actress, and, like, you know, was a star by the time she was, like, 20 or something. Mm-hmm. It never really felt that. So she's always going back. To think, you know, wanting to relive that because she missed it and just way overdoing it when she's older. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what Whitney did too. And she said that she preferred jeans and sneakers to ball gowns and glamour. Yeah. The too. real Whitney was me too. casual. Yeah. <laughs> that is an interesting juxtaposition. The real Whitney, who just wants to chill at home, versus this icon that is expected to hit all the high notes. Yeah. And perform. Yeah. And so in July 1992, she marries Bobby Brown. Before the wedding, he snuck into her room to take a peek, and he found her hunched over, snorting coke on top of a bureau. Oh, God. By herself? And he's like, I assume. Did he like start getting in on it and like started doing I'm sure some bumps or something? I'm sure he took a bump, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you take your husband? Yeah. <laughs> yup. <laughs> so they had a very passionate love affair. They're married now. Everything was exciting and sweaty. And this is 1992? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sweaty for more than one reason. Yeah, and just talking way too much. Uh, <laughs> this, this is 1992? Yeah, when okay. they got married. The headline said, Princess Marries the Bad Boy. Yeah. And then The Bodyguard. Because of that year. It did, 1992. Big year with uh, Mm -hmm. Mr. Kevin Costner. And I 
Yeah. Originally a song by uh, Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton, yeah. Yep. Brilliant to rearrange it like that. Yeah. Because it's nothing like the original. She works with really good producers and stuff that put together her music. And that song, if you were alive then, that video was on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Gave sitting me in chills. the snow on like a in yeah. a chair yeah, in, in a the chair. middle of nowhere exactly. it makes no sense but it doesn't I make it. any sense <laughs> <laughs> it gave me chills oh absolutely <laughs> when it yeah that fucking drum and drops. Uh, oh hell yeah. yeah I would always sing like fucking the movie kind of sucked though it was okay I've never seen it to be honest it was a big hit. I actually didn't see it till much later, and I was surprised at the end. I was like, oh, this is what Naked Gun 33 and a Third was parodying. Oh, really? During the Oscar sequence. Oh, oh my God. Oh, okay. There's an award show scene that's just like Naked Gun. That's funny. Does he dive in front of the bullet or something? Something like that. It's yeah. been a while. <laughs> so, yeah, that album became even bigger than the movie, and the movie was successful, too. Yeah. I have a clip, actually, because... And all this insanity of marrying Bobby Brown and the Bobby guy. Bobby guy. Bobby Bobby (laughs) guy. The Bobby guy. She needed a Bobby (laughs) guy. That was her pitch. Okay, what if we call it the bodyguard? Well, that would really make no sense, Whitney, because... Did, are you okay, Whitney? <laughs> Have you been drinking? Why don't you take a nap, and then we'll circle back around to the bodyguard uh, tomorrow. So, Bobby Brown, the bodyguard, while this is going on, she tells Barbara Walters something happened. Bum, bum, bum. What? I had a miscarriage. During the filming of The Bodyguard, it was very painful, emotionally and physically. I was back on the set the next day, and it's over. But I had Bobby Christina one year later, and I am blessed. Okay, so she went through that traumatic wow. experience. Right back to work like that. Right back to work. That's the story of her career. Just the last episode, we talked about DJ AM went back to work right after having, you know, half his head burned off uh, and went to work, you know, DJing with Jay-Z. So an extremely traumatic experience. Not a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. As you heard in the clip, her daughter, Bobby Christina, was born in 1993 and Besides Jesus, she always said she loved Jesus more than anybody. Whitney. Well, she's she a, was very she, religious. She's a church gal. Yeah. yeah. But Bobby Christina was really the love of her life. She was so thrilled to have this child. Yeah. Which makes it even sadder when you know the outcome. Yeah. So after the bodyguard, the relationship between her and Bobby Brown started to sour. That early on, it started to sour. I Will Always Love You spent 14 weeks atop the charts, and she surpassed his fame by a long shot. Oh, it wasn't even close. Yeah, yeah. They, that, that, they were like kind of a boy band that were done. Like, they, they didn't survive the 80s, really. No, he's on a lime scooter, and she's on a jet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he was very much in her shadow, and she says that he was jealous of her. And so that she would have to downplay her success around him. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that sad? You only went double platinum. Don't worry about it. Yeah. She like <laughs> couldn't nothing. really like savor the bodyguard success too much because yeah. he would just look at her with angry eyes. She's That's a big so movie ridiculous. star and he's like, a, he's a nothing. Yeah. Well, you know, he had a bit of a career. Uh, he is a flash in the band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bedpan. Yeah. <laughs> She's, uh, you know. She's getting jerked off to by Saddam Hussein, and this guy is nobody. <laughs> this guy's. 
<laughs> so that's basically what she's got dictators oh, whacking it to her, and uh, no one even knows his Bobby's name. Maybe uh, both Bin Laden yeah. and Saddam. We don't pa- know. Pol Pot doesn't know uh, new edition. <laughs> <laughs> that's what the '90s was: great success and a lot of drug use, just trading, trading yeah. days. All her career stuff was successful because she went on to do the movie Waiting to Exhale. And the album, and both were huge smashes. I actually really like Wedding to Exhale. <laughs> I, I really, I do. It's no first half of downsizing, but it's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> but what is? Nothing. Yeah. You can't even compare. It's not fair. Angela Bassett's amazing in it. Yeah. She is. And it, it's a classic. Yeah. And then the album was, you know, just as big as the movie. Huge soundtrack. Yep. And then that was followed up with a lesser success, but still a success, The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington. Never saw that one. I think I've seen most of it on TV, like flipping channels, but it's not great. Yeah. Did you know Forrest Whitaker directed Waiting to Exhale? Yeah, I did know that. Yeah. And I didn't I did not remember it until right now, but yeah. I don't know why he doesn't direct more stuff. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a good, good eye. Oh, his... <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Kyle. Wow! Oh I'm on one today. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. He's... Uh, <laughs> now he, he's tickling a gun right now in front of him. <laughs> but I think he... Various u- weapons on him. <laughs> he today. used his other eye when he directed his follow-ups. <laughs> yeah. Because, get this, he directed Hope Floats with Sandra Bullock. Really? Okay. And then his last directorial effort was First Daughter, starring Katie Holmes. What? Yeah. Wow. A ridiculously All over the stupid map. Yeah. teen That's his trilogy? Comedy. That's his trilogy. <laughs> and I love that he was in the crying game. His career is the most insane thing And phenomenon. Ever. And phenomenon. And phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also a weird movie. That could, yeah. that could be a whole episode talking about how weird that movie Let's is. Let's face it. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is a phenomenon. Oh. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So where were we? Uh. During Preacher's Wife, Whitney later admitted she would go to set and then go home and snort cocaine. All in a day's work. That's crazy because you have to get up. Like those shooting days are like 5 a.m. Yeah. And if it wasn't the same day, like I said, she would trade. Yeah. Okay. When she's got a little time off, then it's a drug binge. Yeah. Then she could get it together because that's a squeaky clean movie. And that was her image, although it was starting to crumble a bit by then. Well, Bobby was, yeah, Bobby. was getting in the tablet. He was getting arrested. Like He got like DUIs, and he was like beating up people and stuff. Oh, yeah. I have it right here. Um, there was a news report that Brown slapped her in a Honolulu parking lot in 1997. Jesus. So stuff like that was getting into the press. Their marriage was anything but happy. Idyllic. Yeah. yeah. Another time, Brown chased her around her car, but did not strike her. These are stories she said of things he would do to her. Okay. <laughs> it's not really that violent, though. Like, it, it is weird that he's- I'm like, just going to chase you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do if I'm going to catch you. She says he was more emotionally abusive. But it's a classic victim, though. She would say, like, oh, I hit him first. I'll strike him, but he never hit me. Yeah. But, yes, she would have a cut on her lip. So you think there was more to it? Oh, she yeah. She wasn't divulging? He hit her- Plenty of times, I'm sure. Robin Crawford said, too, she remembers at least one time where Whitney claims she threw something and the glass broke, and that's how she got her facial injury. Yeah. But she suspected it was actually Bobby Brown. Yeah. They had a really hot and cold relationship after the initial crazy train ran out of gas. 
The crazy love train, I mean. Yeah. That was just a crazy train. That was just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Drugs are fueling. (laughs) The love left the building. And it's going fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Whitney also said there was one occasion where he actually spit on her after a birthday party at a Atlanta bar. Huck tui. And (laughs) Bobby Christina witnessed it from the top of the stairs. Jeez. The tension you must feel as as the the kid of that marriage, like being there, must be insane. You're like with these crazy people. Like I'm sure they had like a nanny and like plenty of family around, but they're they did. They had a big. They're ripping drugs all the time, and they're just like you know right in, in front of you, just like fighting each other. And you're like, what do I do here to you know to end this? Your mom's the biggest pop star in the world, yeah, and your dad is this famous loser yeah (laughs) to hang her on yeah it's a lot to deal with for a little kid so she did a big world tour in 1999 and she went to woodstock 99 no oh no no that was you (laughs) you had me for a second i'm like did she play that (laughs) what if if she did like right after corn she's like let's break stuff and and she's holding a chair (laughs) and she throws it love you (laughs) yeah that was just alanis morissette and jewel i think yeah and then one more cheryl crow maybe cheryl crow yeah yeah. those are the three women that were invited but there wasn't like real pop stars yeah yeah Coming soon, Mark's account of Woodstock 99, right? Yeah, we will have do that. An episode. We, yeah, we wanted to uh, give you guys my 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 war stories of going <laughs> yeah. to one of the worst uh, music festivals that was ever produced. In history. In history, yeah. the worst. No, I think it's the worst. It has be. to be. Yeah. Because yeah. Fire Festival never got produced. So. No, but ah. there, there have been, you know, different festivals where like 100 people died by like, you know. Astral World. That's the worst. Astro World is Astro the worst. World, yeah. As far as concerts go, maybe the station yeah. was a little worse. Was, yeah. was Jamestown, was that a concert? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Great White played there. <laughs> it was a rocking good time. <laughs> Free drinks. <laughs> Jim Jones was lighting pyrotechnics. <laughs> and he's like, get your Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. Don't do the red Kool-Aid. So, oh, 99, right, okay. So, again, she puts on the professional hat. She has a new album. Another success. People liked it. It sold a lot. She did a successful tour. What's a big single from that one? My Love is Your Love. Okay. That, yeah, yeah. That's a big one. And after the tour, that's where things really take a downward turn. Houston faced a drug possession charge in January 2000 after an airport guard in Hawaii. Hawaii again. What's yeah, with Hawaii? What's going on with Hawaii? <laughs> allegedly, it's not very relaxing for them. <laughs> no, it's not. Allegedly, he found marijuana in her handbag. Oh, geez. <laughs> but the charge was later dismissed. Yeah, that's not a big deal. But still, they're just kind of magnets for getting into trouble. Yeah. And in spring of 2000, organizers canceled her appearance at the Academy Awards. She later admitted that she was fired. Hmm. So did she go to like a dress rehearsal, like really fucked up maybe? And Something like, yeah, like we that. we can't uh, put you on air. It was more like she had difficult behavior, which she actually admitted to. And she was fired. And she said that it was fine with her because she didn't really want to do it that much anyway. But this is becoming the story of her later career. Yeah. A lot of concert cancellations, a lot of what is considered difficult behavior Mm. and unpredictable behavior. Is she going to show up? Is she going to show up on time? How's her voice sounding? Is Is she she off of drugs? Yeah, she's going to scream at us for an hour when she gets here. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, at this time, Robin Crawford has left the building. Oh, really? She has had enough. Hmm. She just realized that there was no getting through to her. She was seeing her friend deteriorate into this drug haze Mm. and couldn't put up with it. From what I remember, by the end of the 90s, Whitney was just like not what she was before. Obviously, you know, who is? But like things were way different. You know, she wasn't obviously getting out the music at that level. And she seemed to be kind of fucked up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And you could tell. Her name was becoming synonymous with train wreck. Train wreck, yeah. And so around the same time as the Oscars thing, she failed to show up to help induct Clive Davis into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Later, she said that was because she had had a feud with Clive Davis. It was just another thing that was reported. Like after the Oscars, she also was a no-show for her mentor, and it made her look really bad. Yeah. After that, her appearance starts to deteriorate, and she becomes way too skinny. Anorexic looking. Yeah. And in 2001, she showed up for Michael Jackson's birthday tribute. Oh, my God. Remember that? Not really. But wait, wait, wait was that. Justin Timberlake and all those guys there, like, dancing Britney with them Spears, and stuff? Britney Spears, everyone yeah, at I the do time showed that. up for it and yeah. performed. And Whitney performed, too. But she wore this really unflattering tribal outfit. Okay. And it just showcased her skin and bones. And everybody was worried about her appearance. And when they broadcast the birthday celebration, they digitally fattened her up on screen. (laughs) And that's for real. Using CGI. Who is behind this, like, fattening people up in the audience? (laughs) Oh, my God. She looks horrible. Yeah. You can play a little of it. We're going to have to post this on our Instagram. Oh, and one more factoid about this that will blow your mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. The day after this special was filmed, 9-11. Yep. Wow. September 10th, 2001. Also the same day that Glitter came out with uh, Mariah Carey. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) So it really was the destruction of the (laughs) world. Things were ending. Yeah. (laughs) Do you see what I mean? That outfit, it just looks bad. Yeah. It's, It's not flattering. Her legs look like sticks. So they electronically fat. Yeah, this is the fat version. Wow, that's bad. Because you see it looks a little blurry by her chest. Well, these are the days where you get away with stuff like that before, mm-hmm. like, you know, HD, HD yeah, yeah, HD TV and yeah, stuff. A lot of people bad. were not happy when HD came around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, silent, uh, you know, silently left the business and, yeah. uh, and got off screen. Like Bridget Fonda. Really? Did you see she reemerged recently? No. It's emerged. Mean. Someone took a photo of her shopping, and she hasn't been seen in over a decade yeah. publicly and she was looking really different let's just say well she she's an aging person <laughs> all right let's let's see what kyle thinks he's looking it up whoa no way no what, way way i used to love her as a kid no way from singles and uh lake placid she's the best jackie brown melanie yeah what I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's a... Poor woman. It's a rough business, and aging is rough. Maybe she, maybe she's happy. Who cares? 
Exactly. But that is so mean that she was just running errands and then they take photos of her. That's what they've been doing for years to people. It's nothing brand new. So I guess back to Whitney, who's on the opposite end of where Bridget Fonda is now at this time. She's about 5'7 and weighed about 90 pounds. If that. Damn. And so remember when she was a no-show, I said, at the Clive Davis thing? Well, for her next album called Just Whitney, she produced it without Clive. And it was the first album she produced without him. Okay, because they had that beef. Yeah. And this one was successful, but not as successful as her other albums. Mm -hmm. To promote it, she did an interview with Diane Sawyer. And now we're going to kind of do a little deep dive into this interview because it is the most infamous interview she's ever done. Yeah. And it became known as the Crack is Whack interview. Yes. And people were... I remember this very well. People were really worried about her after it aired. Yeah. And this was in 2002. In this first clip, they're talking about Bobby Brown. Has he ever hit you? No, he's never hit me, no. I've hit him. A lot Can of I victims hear? talk like that. Wait a minute. Come over here. Come over here. I can't do this anymore. I He's sitting right there. Come over here. Have you ever hit her? No, 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 no. He's sweating no. his ass I, I, off. I wouldn't, what is hitting me? And listen to how unconvincing uh, he is sisters, here. Four aunts, a mother. You know, two daughters. That's always an abuser says stuff like that. I, I would never raise I have my a, hands. I have a, you know, in in any niece. kind of way to them. Um, He's got coke love, sweat all I, I over. I love the beauty of women. Um, and this is mine. No, no, no. Then that is <laughs> no, crazy. No, no, this is mine. Like she's his property. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. No, no, no. When really it's like, yeah, you've hit her. Yes, probably. yes, You're yes. Not do- They're not doing anything to hide that sweat or anything. No. Uh, he wasn't even sitting under the lights. He was in the dark sitting by himself, and the, then they called him yeah, in they, and they, he sat down. Oh, did he? Okay. And, yeah, and he's just waiting to say his piece. That's yeah. why Diane was like, all right, get over here, Bobby, because I see you chomping at the bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so now in the next clip, they address the Michael Jackson concert and how frail she looked. Yeah. You know that as we sit here and talk, yeah. everybody watching this yeah. is going to be staring at you physically. Yeah. And they're going to be saying, how thin is she now? Yeah. How, you know, how many bones can we see? Is she sick? Diane, yeah. not sick. to make it weird, weird or anything. Weird line of questioning from Diane Sawyer. I am not sick. How many bones Let's can we see? Sweet. I am not sick. I am not sick. Let me see okay. bones. I've always been a thin girl. I'm not going to be fat ever. Let's get that straight. Whitney is not going to be fat ever. I wish I, <laughs> I wish Michael I could Jackson. say that. Nothing wrong with. VH1 up here. I'm going to show you the picture. Well, that's a bad shot. Well, <laughs> she prints the picture of her. Imagine Diane Sir just like, bones. oh, you, you look like that's shit right weird. here. What do you think of this? Yeah. Like, screw you. Fuck you. She looks great in this interview. Uh, next question. But that's not just thin. No. Hold on. I got another picture where you look like Diane, shit. Diane, tell me. Do you know? It's scary thin. I can believe what you what you feel. I can believe that. But do you really know? Did you really know? No, you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awkward. Take that shit. Next bitch. question. You could cut that tension with a knife. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I don't I don't know what Whitney's mindset is there. Like she, like obviously, you know, the questions are ridiculous. Yeah. Everything yeah. about it is dumb. Her and voice is completely it, gone too. She can't even weird. speak. Oh, I but can the, it makes I can sense explain for her that, though. though. She's a singer though. Yeah. She claims it was laryngitis. Well, possible. If anyone was to give that excuse, it, you, Whitney could get away with it. Yeah. Right. Bobby never hit me. I have laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, I have, a, I have two daughters with laryngitis. I have, uh, you know, three nieces with laryngitis. Oh, this isn't I a can, black guy. This is laryngitis. I can never give anyone laryngitis. Diane, I am not sick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> and so in the next clip, Diane gets into the rumors. The that usage. Yeah. The drug usage and is Whitney dying. Yeah. Because that sparked that whole thing where the headlines were saying Whitney is dying. No, Whitney was dead. Whitney dying. Crack rehab fails. First of all, let's get one thing straight. (laughs) Crack is cheap. That's right. I make too much money to ever smoke crack. Let's get that straight. Okay. Don't do crack. Don't do that. Crack is whack. That's it. Is it alcohol? Is it marijuana? Is it cocaine? It's cocaine, it baby. It has been. At times. All? At times. Oh, my God. Did you think how dangerous it was? And that's what she admits to. No, I, wasn't, I would like shooting heroin or anything. This says $730,000 <laughs> drug habit. This is a headline. Come on. Sounds like a good time. 730? <laughs> I wish. No, I wish you guys was making that money off of me could share it with me. Oh, God. <laughs> no way. No way. I want to see the receipts <laughs> from the drug dealer that I bought $730,000 worth of drugs from. I want to see receipts. She's like, they're right here. <laughs> so, crack is whack. She's admitting to doing drugs, and clearly she was doing a lot more than she's letting on. Well, yeah. Of well, course. 730 grand, you know, if you're not just doing it yourself and you have like a, a lot of, uh, you're doing it for like a, a group of people and stuff and you're like, you know, just buying tons of drugs. Yeah, yeah. that's possible. Yeah, for the night. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> for the night. <laughs> well, if you go to Hawaii, I'm sure the drugs there are pretty expensive. Woo! Yeah. The morning of the interview, Bobby Brown was arrested in Atlanta <laughs> for allegedly speeding. And driving without a license and having marijuana in the car. Oh, my God. Killing it. (laughs) (laughs) Also around this time, John Houston, her dad, filed a $100 million lawsuit against her. And the lawsuit claimed that Whitney failed to pay his entertainment company for help in getting the Hawaii marijuana charges dropped and for negotiating her contract with Arista Records. And this lawsuit was later dismissed. Wow. John would die a year later in 2003. (laughs) That's a good way to go out. Just do throwing a hundred million dollar lawsuit against your only daughter. He had lost his mind by then. And Whitney said he had people whispering in his ear trying to get money. And so it's like someone that has dementia. You get him to file a lawsuit against his own daughter. John, yeah. get the money, John. Yeah. <laughs> this is melodrama. Well, you always have like family members, you know, in an extended family that are like, you know, I should get some of this money too. And the dad was in his 80s. 
what does he want $100 million for? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you want your daughter to have it as a really, legacy? Was he a really nice coffin or something? Like, I guess. Yeah, imagine if he did uh, sue her, one, got the $100 million, then he dies a year later and she gets it all back anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Tales from the Crypt episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then he died. <laughs> and she got it anyway. <laughs> Karma is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear the crib keeper laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Master, there's a new master impression of someone. Yeah. <laughs> Move over, Mark. I guess so. Yeah. After this interview, Whitney officially became a punchline in the media. Mm. Mad TV even did a parody of the interview, which we have a little snippet of here. Oh, boy. Why are you two doing a Christmas show? <laughs> Do you know why? Do you know? Do you? No? No, you do. <laughs> Is that Ari Spears? Thank you. Bobby, would you care to join us? It seems like you'd like to join us. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> He's got powder all over his nose. <laughs> oh, my God. That's probably real coke from Artie Lang. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like you fell in the pig costume. <laughs> Looks like you fell into a little snowbank there. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, his nose and mouth are caked in cocaine. <laughs> okay, so that's how they pitched it. <laughs> and it really wasn't that far off from the real interview. No, no, he just wasn't dancing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple years after this, in 2005, as we already talked about, Whitney agreed to appear on Bobby Brown's reality show, Being Bobby Brown. And it was a favor to him. Like, you owe me. The premise was a guy who has no job, who is talking about how crazy his life is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where he does nothing. Literally nothing. All day. Yeah. <laughs> to show about nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the pitch for that. Too. <laughs> it ran for one We've season. We've heard this before. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also, this is a, a different show about nothing. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. go for it. Only ran for one season, but it had extremely high ratings. Highest rated show in Bravo's history. Uh, it wow. was a rare look into their dysfunctional life. Together. I thought it went on for years. No, just That's one crazy. season. I just remember them, her coming out of a hotel into a parking lot, and he was there like screaming from a car. On YouTube, look up Bean Bobby Brown, Kiss My Ass. <laughs> okay. This is a little snippet into what that show was. The episode title was Kiss My Ass? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so this is behind the scenes. Time. We got to live with now. What the anthrax? Uh -uh. Oh, you just watch too much TV. I'm a true American. I've been to jail before. That's American. Kiss my ass. All right. That's what I need. Oh, my God. That's all the show was. Yeah. Them yelling at each other and lounging around the house. Two crackheads screaming. Yeah, it didn't seem legitimate like they actually knew. I, I saw no position on either side no. of that argument. Oh, no. <laughs> it's about nothing, as we were saying. <laughs> and uh, Whitney didn't want to do a second season, and that's the only reason it didn't continue. Yeah, well, I think... You know, her PR people were like, yeah, maybe don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> universally considered a, what the fuck is she doing allowing this? But people this? loved it. 
Yeah, but to allow that unprecedented uh, access yeah. into her extremely dysfunctional private life with Bobby Brown. Crack is whack. It's yeah. not Whitney at her best. She's intoxicated, clearly. Oh, yeah. Critics called it a train wreck. Yeah. And it yeah. was. It was a home in peril. That's yeah. going on. That should be the title. <laughs> yeah, and so when Whitney wasn't interested, Bravo and Bobby couldn't uh, reach an agreement to continue. <laughs> Obviously, they're like, okay, uh, no one's going to watch that without Whitney, so bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd You're not like, interested in the Bobby God? Yeah. <laughs> not the Bobby God. <laughs> All right, no. Hear this other idea I got. It's called the Bobby God. Yeah. <laughs> I stand outside her door and do cocaine. <laughs> so is she going to be involved? No. No, no, no. No, but she's behind the door for sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to pass on this, Bobby. Bobby Guard. <laughs> yeah, so obviously her fans, uh, they've never left. Her fans love her still, but they're worried about her. Saddam now. is still over there for the for yeah. the time being. <laughs> yeah. He's living for a couple more <laughs> for months. A couple more months. Yeah. yeah, he hasn't been hung yet. <laughs> 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 My mom called me into a room one day. She's like, "They just hung Saddam Hussein." That video is crazy. Then she had the video up, that and video I'm like, "What the hell are you showing me?" It was so disturbing. That video is crazy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, because he makes like a weird face and kind of like yeah dribbles out of his mouth a little bit yep it's great just so dark and crazy yeah. like our american government is just putting you know hand him over to these people that are just hanging him like what kind of country is this yeah. what but are that, we doing here? then with bin laden <laughs> they're just like all right he's dead yeah, you don't we, need to see the we video threw him in the ocean believe yeah, us yeah yeah believe us i want to see the receipts yeah you know? show me the receipts <laughs> al-qaeda's um, whack the la times ran a piece calling her voice a national treasure basically saying how could she let that go to waste she has this voice that is worth millions and she's smoking cigarettes smoking pot drinking doing coke and not taking care of it at all yeah after being bobby brown whitney had dreams of retiring to an island and setting up a fruit stand <laughs> okay because she thought she had done everything that she was supposed to do yeah that's it i don't need to do anymore she thought except sell fruit mm-hmm <laughs> that's all she people feel they say these things like yeah. i remember a Le letterman said he was going to move to like the middle of nowhere and retire in like you know you montana know, montana they always come back like a couple weeks later like yeah that's not really what i thought it was gonna be yeah everyone comes back yeah. montana comes was actually kind of boring yeah yeah <laughs> I think they did on the the Larry Sanders show. They made fun of that because Larry Sanders oh, right. goes up to uh, like Montana or North Dakota also, and he's like he comes back like a week later or something. <laughs> that was a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> and in May 2006, the National Enquirer obtained photos of Whitney's drug den and posted the pictures on the front cover. Really, and that came from. One of her entourage, yeah. Well, so, you know, sometimes or, when she's not taking care of the right person, there's or, a leak in the boat. The leak yeah. of the boat, yeah. I can show you guys a little glimpse here. I have the the cover. It looks like Brittany Murphy's bathroom. I was just thinking Kinda that. Does her shit everywhere? Literally. The same bathroom. There's a Budweiser there. That's a good. That's, they probably love that. She to drinks be the Bud Heavy. Bud Heavies, dude. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> All that photos <laughs> missing is Simon Monjack. Oh, yeah. In the background. This is where Whitney Houston is. <laughs> Newport cigarettes. Ugh. And that's Budweiser. And Coca-Cola. Wow. And what is this? That's a Boys right aren't there. everything. I don't even know what that is. Is but that like a magazine like some or something? some sort of packaging. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. That is shocking. 
Yeah, people towards the end, they just kind of let shit go everywhere. And they're just <laughs> waiting for the next hit. Clearly, that's someone that's not taking care of herself. Of anything, yeah. No. Fucked up. And Bobby was not being a good husband. Big surprise. He was cheating. And their marriage was crumbling very fast. Whitney made countless court appearances to support him because he was always in and out of jail. Yeah, he was getting DUIs all the time. <laughs> He's beating people up. He's Yeah, <laughs> you, you lose count with this yeah. guy. And finally, they divorced in 2007. Really? She said one day she just left. She said she was going out to buy sugar and she never came back. Yeah, why? She's talking about Coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she, booger sugar. I'm going to go get the booger sugar. <laughs> she moved from Atlanta to California. Oh, they were in Atlanta that whole time. Yeah. Wow. And she's like, fuck it, I'm going to LA. Yep. Wow. So you know how I told you she wanted to open up a fruit stand on some island and yeah. just retire? Well, Clive Davis came around stand. and they, what do you call it? They, they reconciled? They reconciled. Yeah. And he convinced her, no, you're not finished yet. Oh. Because I want some more money. Yeah, of course. And so they made an album together called I Look to You. And that came out in 2009. Mm. And it debuted at number one on the charts. This is her last gasp comeback. And it's also the last dying breath of like the regular music industry yeah. before iTunes starts taking over the world. Mm -hmm. And how before like streaming starts, you know, taking every, the rest of it over. Yeah. And she sat down with Oprah to promote this album. And I have a clip. And in this clip, she gets very candid about what she calls her past drug use. Oh, yeah. Allegedly. Tell me, how bad did it get with the drugs? When you don't speak, you're living in the same home, and you're sitting right next to that person, and you're not saying a word for a week, and you're just sitting there, and you just watch your TV, and you go, ha-ha. <laughs> God, Oprah, really. I love how that's very entertaining. Yeah, she's, she's tickled by Whitney's... Drug life. I can't imagine. Yeah, it was like because what? Are you just watching TV? You're just yeah, and doing coke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smoking, said, the way she said no, that, we were lacing our marijuana <laughs> with 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 base. With, with, yeah, with yeah, base. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, we didn't want to crack, we didn't want to crack stuff. We, we weren't buying like $20 jumbles. Yeah. We were buying, paying money. Yeah. We were buying key, like ounce and, and, because crack <laughs> is whack, remember? Yeah. yeah. You know, for like but you were freebasing cocaine. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Freebase. Yeah. And our weed. And, and weed. And yeah, we weren't doing it last. They we were freebasing like weed? Yeah. We didn't get that far. No. You did not? No. Oh, no. So what are you smoking with? How do you, we, what are you? You put it in your marijuana. Over. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go over here. Okay. Go. I'm going. Oprah, you, you put your marijuana, you lace it, you roll it up, and you smoke it, and your weed. It's just another form. It's like, almost like heroin, cocaine, speedballing, but you level it off with the oh, marijuana. Okay. Okay. So your 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 drug of choice was weed combined with cocaine. Cocaine. Rock cocaine. With rock cocaine. Yes. Rock. That wow. is crack. I know. Okay. Everyone knows. Yeah. She's like this expert knows yeah, exactly oh, the best. Knows what the fuck she's talking? The about? best drugs, to, <laughs> the best ways to do all these drugs. Yeah, she doesn't know how to like roll a joint. No, Oprah doesn't know shit. So yeah, that's... Oprah knows how to roll a burrito. Hello. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right. Let's calm down. She knows how to roll herself out of bed. <laughs> Whoa. Oh my god. We talking about Oprah or Bridget Fonda? Big Mormon. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Low blow. Heavy set. Heavy set. <laughs> 
<laughs> Not fat. Bridget Fonda is still beautiful. <laughs> to who? Dan- Danny Elfman. That's her husband. Really? You yeah. didn't know that? No. Yeah. Wow. Jack Skellington. Mm-hmm. Score one for the good guys. Jack Skellington married to... <laughs> To Violet from fucking Willy Wonka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except without the blueberry color. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we love Bridget Fonda. Love yes. the Fonda. And we wish her the best. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I lost my spot for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, through the years, Oprah has interviewed all of the Houston family. In another interview, Oprah spoke to Michael Houston, her brother. And he confessed that he felt partially responsible for her drug use. He says, it just happened. She was famous. We were traveling on the road. We had money. We just got caught up. It's been a battle ever since. Mm. So he took responsibility for that. So as awful as Bobby Brown was, Whitney was already doing drugs before she met him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It went way back in the family. I think I've heard that before. That it wasn't just. I you look at Bobby and her, and you like you assume, you know, especially with that TV show. Oh, it's him that's doing everything, and mm-hmm. he's you know pushing the the drugs on her. And I think they just had a mutual love for for coke. Yeah, <laughs> it's really messed up too because going back to the whole D.D. Warwick thing, it's like it could have happened, and this is the reason they're like trying to kill the pain of that. So mm-hmm. like they're doing the harder drugs or they could have started doing harder drugs and gotten the manipulative mindset where they're trying to cover their asses being like, oh, we were molested and that's why we're acting out like this. Well, Whitney never claimed that publicly or privately. Oh, wow. There's no record of her ever making oh, the allegations. I thought she said it to somebody. No, that oh. her best friend Robin Crawford said, gee, Whitney never mentioned it to me and, and they we were, were like sisters. Yeah, they were like lifelong friends who wow. like hooked up and stuff. So that would have come out. They were beyond sisters, actually, because when Whitney called her her sister in public, Robin was kind of mad because she didn't want to be just Whitney's sister. Yeah. It, it went beyond that. They had such yeah. a love like of soulmate. Yeah. <sighs> and so Robin didn't think it happened because of that fact. Right. And so it's Gary Garland is the one who made the allegation, her half brother. Gotcha. And then Gary's the one that married Pat Houston, who is now the sole executor of her estate. How'd she work her way into that? That's very interesting. She really did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Pat obviously sanctioned that documentary yeah. and allowed Gary to share that allegation. And an assistant to Whitney also said the allegation. So there were two. She claims Whitney told her this. So, so Whitney's going to tell her assistant, but not Robin Crawford. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so there was an awkward reunion with Diane Sawyer when Whitney Houston appeared on Good Morning America to promote the album I Look to You in 2009. And this is also when her voice started deteriorating. And I have a little clip of that from an ABC special. She didn't sound bad at all. It sounded good. She just didn't sound like Whitney Houston. A fact that became more apparent the more she performed, as the strains on the once golden voice intensified. During a difficult performance on Good Morning America, Whitney openly acknowledged the problem. You know, I talk so much to my voice. has kind of left me because when I'm singing, when I'm talking, I should be singing. Then, Whitney Houston announced a world tour. She went on tour, and people walked out. People walked out and asked for their money back. 
That's rough. In this concert in Australia, Houston takes a minute-long pause before attempting her signature high note. The big question, could she still hit it? Nope. I want my money back. Wow. I want my money back. Oh, it's Australia, so you got to do that. Oh, yeah. I want my fucking money back. I'm going to go home, have a sleep. <laughs> I paid two koalas for this show. <laughs> the dingo stole her voice. <laughs> the dingo stole her voice. <laughs> Dude, that is so much to live up to, though. I know. To have to do that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, every day, every concert. I know. Well, World Tour sounds like a fucking nightmare. And if she doesn't do it, they want their money back. Who are these fans that yeah. just throw it at the curb? Yeah. So that wasn't a great last tour, but whatever. And then I read that it was only the 34th highest earning tour in 2010. How could a Whitney Houston World Tour be the 34th <laughs> highest grossing tour? That's crazy. Well, did Limp Bizkit beat her? Fuck yeah, they did. No, but like, <laughs> I don't know. They were still like big touring acts, like the Stones. You got uh, 34th you got go for Pearl Whitney Jam Houston. The Beatles probably have the top 33. What? Right? They were long broken up. In 2010? Oh, 34th of just the year? Yes. I thought you meant of all time. Oh I was like, God. well, it's pretty easy to be the 34th of all time. I think they stopped touring in 1960. No, I'm saying of 2010. Oh, wow. Okay, that's, my mind's blown right that's now. That's pretty bad. Okay. I missed that. I'm just surprised. Well, I think, I'm very surprised. Yeah, I think the the word was out there that, that Whitney was kind of not um, the Whitney of 1985. And people are just aware of that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. you know. And word on the street was that she was broke, you know, that she had just squandered millions of dollars. And the bank actually tried to foreclose on two of her properties. She had two properties? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> of course she did. <laughs> She's Whitney Houston. I know. I Like high level poor is something I'm, it fascinates me. Mm -hmm. People that have all this money and have all, you know, this property and, and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I guess they they're just cash poor and they just liquidated all the cash and spent it on on going to Hawaii and buying drugs. It's a familiar story with a lot of these entertainers like MC Hammer. Yeah, yeah, he burned through money, <laughs> going broke. Yeah, when they had millions of dollars. It's crazy. After obviously that tour was a debacle and she's starting to decline again, but she wants to stage another comeback. Oh boy, and so. She was in talks to join the X Factor, following the model of J-Lo on American Idol. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say the X-Files. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> the truth is out there. Her and David Duchovny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she replaces Scully or Mulder, whichever yeah. one. <laughs> Mulder Scully. Yeah. And then she filmed a movie called Sparkle which she also executive produced and recorded two new singles for. Mm. And her co-star was Jordan Sparks from American Idol. Okay. And so that was in the can. She actually did film that. But it was not released what? yet as of early 2012. And that brings us to early 2012. Dun, dun, dun. She's on the eve of... Another comeback, yet another big comeback for Whitney Houston. 
she's trying to more gear it towards not touring, but doing the the movie and other yeah. uh, other stuff that's not killing her voice and tr- you know making her travel across the world. Anything where she doesn't have to do and uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's starting though to become the girl who cried wolf. Like another comeback, you're off drugs again, you're clean, really? Yeah, that's what Michael Jackson was doing towards the end, too. He was just like trying to reinvent stuff over and over and do new tours, but no, it was awful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, you're done. Well, he wasn't lying. They it should was have someone, someone in Hollywood just come up to you and say, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's over. Her and MJ didn't need anyone to tell them that. Yeah. I love that Don Rickles would just say to Frank Sinatra, Frank, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother me, Frank. Can't you yeah. see a meeting? Yeah. yeah. So good. So uh, on Thursday, February 9th, 2012, Whitney was staying at the Beverly Hilton so that she could go to Clive Davis's pre-Grammy bash on Saturday. This was an annual event, and it was held the day before the Grammys always. It's the same party where she was introduced to the world 30 years earlier by Davis. That Thursday afternoon, she crashed an e-interview between Clive Davis, Brandy, and Monica. To set this up, I have a clip of it, too. Clive Davis is giving an interview to E! News in the Beverly Hilton with Brandy and Monica. And Whitney was already staying there, so she had just been in the pool. And so her hair was still wet. She was still wearing her sunglasses indoors. Oh, my God. And we all know her history with Clive Davis. But Brandy Norwood was like a daughter to her, like a family member. This is the Brandy. Yeah, the Brandy. Moesha. Yeah, yeah, Moesha. So she knows Clive and Brandy and crashes this interview while she's passing by. Let's check it out. Did you hear your name? Did you hear I've been paying tribute. I've been paying tribute. This is my dad. It's my dad. I'll see you later. I'm going to. I'll see you later. On. Mom, come see her. Come, come see hi to. Come see hi to your godfather. Come see hi to your goddad. Oh God. So she brings out Bobby Christina, but they're recording an interview. So she just crashes it. Yeah. And then she passes a note to Brandy and Brandy reads it and then passes it to her assistant. So Whitney is just kind of doing her thing. And that's notable because it's the last footage of Whitney talking that exists. Yeah. Later that night, she was a guest at Grammy nominee Kelly Price's party at a nightclub called True Hollywood. People called Bobby Christina Chrissy as well. So Chrissy was there with her mom. And also there was Ray J, Brandy's brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he's the guy that was in the sex tape sex with tape. Kim Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> and what's very strange about this, he's 17 years younger than Whitney. And I told you that the Norwoods were family friends. Whitney is kind of dating Ray J at this time. That's crazy. She's palling around with him and they're flirting and they're doing this on again, off again dating thing. That's crazy. It's creepy. Who wasn't this guy fucking? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, it's so beneath her. Yeah. It's, it's It's gross. Pathetic. Yeah. Not that I'm judging. Yeah. (laughs) I just mean Whitney deserved better than Ray J. Come on. Yeah. Sure. And Bobby Brown. She should have stuck with Robin Crawford, I think. Of course. (laughs) I'm not kidding, Kyle. (laughs) Seriously, I'm with you. So during 
this party, Whitney ended up fighting with a former X Factor finalist named Stacy Francis. And apparently Ray J instigated this and oh it was tense. God. And then in the wee hours of the morning, Whitney performed an impromptu duet with Price. And the song was Jesus Loves Me. Hmm. And we have a clip of that. Oh my God. Was she singing or just grunting and singing? And grunting. Mostly grunting. And this is very late, remember. So that has to be the last footage of her officially. Yeah, I said the other footage was the last of her talking. Talking, okay. This that was is, the last of her grunting. Yeah, the yeah. last grunt, known grunt of <laughs> but, uh, Whitney Houston. Yeah, also it's the last footage period of yeah. her, this duet with Kelly Price. Wow. Singing that song, uh, which you heard not really much of. But, <laughs> uh, she was photographed. <laughs> what, was that, uh, was that from Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> she was photographed leaving the club looking disheveled, reportedly with blood dripping down her leg and scratches on her wrist. But friends say she was actually fine and she was merely having a good time. And she was sweating because she had just performed on stage. She was having a good time. That's why she was bleeding. Um, the, the blood's never really been explained. <laughs> <laughs> the disheveled part and the sweaty part was like, well, yeah, because she was dancing yeah. and singing. Yeah. But still. She sang Jesus Loves Me and yeah. she got stigmata. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's also the context of this is the last footage of her. So there's a lot to analyze knowing yeah. what yeah. happened. Well, I'm sure a lot of people that were trying to, you know, the the autopsy person was trying to analyze, you know, what happened would be looking at all this footage and stuff. Yeah. And so Friday, the next day, February 10th, 2012. At one point, a third floor guest at the Beverly Hilton claimed that water was leaking into his room from up above. And when he went upstairs and knocked on the door, he noticed that Houston and her entourage were cleaning up a big mess with a water vacuum. Mm. And Who then, brings a water vacuum to a hotel? That's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure the hotel has they one. They provide one. Yeah. There. I'm sure Whitney doesn't keep maybe, it around. Maybe it was vomit or something. Yeah. Or blood. Okay. So, from her leg, remember? Yeah. And then that night, Whitney hit up the Beverly Hilton bar. She stayed in the hotel and partied. And witnesses say her behavior was erratic. She was loud, belligerent, doing handstands, and complaining about watered-down drinks. <laughs> oh, my God. I bet you they don't get that a lot at the Beverly Hilton. People complain about watered-down drinks. While they're doing handstands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently she was on Xanax as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, among other things. And so, yeah, that was her last night. (laughs) And the next day is Saturday, February 11th, 2012. Whitney spoke with her cousin at some point in the day, Dionne Warwick. Not the other one, who yeah. died in 2008, by the way. Okay. Dee Dee is long gone. So she spoke to Dion. Dion said she seemed fine. Dion just wanted to make sure that they were seated together at Clive's party, which was going to be that night. Mm-hmm. And this is in suite 434 of the Beverly Hilton, where Whitney's staying. At some point in the afternoon, Whitney wants to take a bath. Some of her entourage are in the room, and she goes to take her bath. 
Around 3.15 p.m., Whitney called her mom, Sissy Houston, and Sissy later said that, like Dion had said, everything seemed fine. And I believe that this call was from the bathroom. It has to be based on the timeline. Because her entourage said they heard her singing from outside. You know, it sounded like she was fine. Could have been taking calls, too. So a former bodyguard revealed that those in the entourage were often scared when Whitney took baths in case of this very situation happening. Mm. So they encouraged showers. And if she did take a bath, they would check on her every seven to ten minutes. But this day, over an hour went by before anybody checked on her. Her hairdresser became concerned after a while when she wasn't answering. And she and the bodyguard broke in to the bathroom and found Whitney face down in the tub. And this was at around 3.43 p.m. And then at 3.48 p.m., somebody from her entourage called hotel security and said that she was unresponsive in the bathtub. <laughs> I love how people call security, not 911. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Well, to be fair, cops were already in the building because of Clive Davis's party. Mm. So it was like the park your carcass, yeah. which incidentally, he died at the Beverly, Beverly Hilton. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's where the roast was. Wow. But remember, there were a bunch of Beverly Hills doctors already in the house. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I, I think... If it's like an in-house thing and you know drugs are involved and there's a ton of drugs in that room, yeah. do you want to start calling the cops and stuff and get it, get them involved? Right. And who knows? The LAPD are scumbags anyway. You don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. True. So police arrived in her room two minutes after getting the call. And at 3.55 p.m., after unsuccessfully trying to resuscitate her, she was pronounced dead at 48 years old. In the room? Yeah. Pronounced dead? Shit. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, fast at 3.55 p.m. Besides the death, that, that's obviously huge, but I'm just amazed how much of an entourage she still has at this time. She just has all these hairdressers mm-hmm. and people like on her payroll mm-hmm. and stuff that are just like making sure she's not taking baths and checking on her every seven minutes. Like that's expensive to have like an entourage or, or handlers like that. She was living like it was Whitney 1991. Yeah. Yes. Always. She didn't stop. Never she never being, went down the same lifestyle. Never stopped being the bodyguard lifestyle. Yeah. the You know, as if the same amount of money's coming in, which it's not. And it's clearly it's not at yeah. all. It was the 34th highest grossing tour of 2010. <laughs> 2010. Yeah. Behind, I mean, what beat her? She's behind Foo Fighters. <laughs> 33 <laughs> other tours beat Whitney Houston. Yeah, I mean, that is sad. Like, she was the biggest star in the world. I can give you actual numbers here. Okay. Uh, bon Jovi, number one. How does what? that happen? U2, number two. ACDC. DC Number three. Four, Lady Gaga. Five, Black Eyed Peas. Oh, Black Eyed Peas coming back again. They, they're haunting oh, they this podcast. They won't leave us alone. <laughs> Six, James Taylor. Seven, Eagles. Eight, Metallica. Nine, Dave Matthews James Band. Taylor beat Metallica? Oh, yeah. And, and James... Uh, 
Dave Matthews Band. Jesus. Hey, Paul McCartney rounds out the top ten right there. So wow. And I'm, I'm seeing Michael Bublé as number eleven. Yeah. Michael fucking Bublé beat Whitney. Houston. Middle America loves him. He does a lot of Christmas albums and crap. The Trans Siberian Orchestra what? was number twelve. She got beat by the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Let's go to number uh, thirty-three. We're gonna go. Oh, uh, we can only get to twenty-five. What's twenty-five? Okay. Uh, Tiesto. What is that? I think uh, it's Spanish, like dunke, dunke. Yeah, it's a DJ. Okay, it's like DJ AM. Yeah, but Latino version. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right, Kyle. Let's relax here. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes it even sadder knowing the list. But just to give you more detail into how sad. Yeah. Yeah. So she's pronounced dead. Only forty-eight years old. Did not live to see fifty, or forty-nine. I can give you a lot of other numbers. You didn't, you didn't <laughs> and if you can believe it, she's not a member of the 27 Club. I know. Yeah. Way, way far from that. Her 27 Club could drink because it's 48. <laughs> That's 21. There's wow, a lot of numbers going this on. This is like Good Will Hunting, but worse. <laughs> this is like the number, the number 23. <laughs> All right. Beverly Hills Police Lieutenant Mark Rosen said, no obvious signs of foul play and no obvious signs of a cause of death. Oh, no obvious signs other than being face down in a tub. Besides yeah. drowning. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so are you? So this guy's kind of uh, an idiot, yeah. <laughs> this detective, yeah. this lieutenant. Yeah. He was on the Natalie Wood case, too. <laughs> yeah. And Chrissy, Bobby Christina, her daughter, who was 18 at the time, had been out shopping. And when she returned to the hotel, that was when her mom was pronounced dead. Oof. So ju- just so, are, are you painting the picture here that something nefarious could have happened? Not at all. Okay, okay, okay. There was no sign of foul play. She yeah. obviously just passed out and just drowned in the ine- bathtub. Inebriated yeah. on drugs. and just Yeah, kind of, yeah. this is or one alcohol. of those that is a pretty... Pretty closed case. Yeah. Yeah. So Whitney's daughter just having a fun weekend out shopping. Yeah. Comes back to the hotel and her mom's dead out of nowhere. 18 years old. Yeah. So she was inconsolable, obviously, understandable. Yeah. And started having a nervous breakdown. And so Chrissy was rushed to the hospital for a checkup, but returned to the hotel later on. And like here, when you notice your mom is dead in a bathtub from drug overdose or whatever, and then you look, the only person that you know your shoulders are cry on is is Bobby. Yeah, Oof. that's a nightmare. And Ray Oof. J. And Ray J. Yeah. Speaking of Ray J, I have a blind item rumor. Really? The rumor those, we, is those have been popping up more and more. We have blind <laughs> items from, uh, that Ray J took about a million in cash and jewels from Whitney Houston in the last weeks of her life. What? And did a sweep of the hotel room after she died. Oh, oh my shit. God. Allegedly, supposedly. Yeah. yeah. And remember Clive Davis's big pre Grammy party? Of course. Well, it went on business as usual. Yeah. People who attended it called it a surreal event. Celebrities were on the red carpet reacting to the death of Whitney Houston, which was just announced as her dead body remained just a few floors up above and a crime lab van parked outside. 
The show must go on. Not always. <laughs> and during the party, Clive <laughs> Davis said, by now you have all learned of the unspeakably tragic news of our beloved Whitney's passing. I don't have to mask my emotion in front of a room full of so many dear friends. I am personally devastated by the loss of someone who has meant so much to me for so many years. Whitney was so full of life. She was so looking forward to it tonight. Now, who's cock going to suck? <laughs> you stole the joke. I was gonna say, oh, my God. He stepped on it. <laughs> and by the way, I've slept with both men and women. <laughs> I'm nice one. to Whitney Houston. I like you, Kyle. Nice one. <laughs> you know, I, I can rely on you guys. You know, you, you hit the punchlines. Yeah. All right. So a lot of people thought that it was distasteful that Clive didn't just cancel the party which he obviously should have because there was a police investigation going on at the same exact time in Whitney's hotel room, room 434, yeah. and her body was still in the building. Yeah, it's in the same building. Like, that's insane. Yeah, cancel the party. Yeah. Shaka Khan <laughs> went on CNN Khan. and Shaka said Khan? that she thought it was complete insanity that the party wasn't canceled. And that Whitney would have not wanted the show to go on. She said, quote, she's the kind of woman that would have said, stop everything. Uh-uh. I'm not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And Shaka Khan, she's the one that uh, that slapped Little Kim's boob that time at the MTV Music Video Awards. <laughs> so, you know, if she says that's a bad idea, it's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Whitney had a big hit remaking Shaka Khan's I'm Every Woman yeah. in the 90s. Of course. Shaka Khan? Shaka Khan. Okay, so... On March 22nd, 2012, the L.A. County Coroner's Office reported that Houston's death was caused by drowning and the effects of, oh, God. Heart disease. <laughs> yeah, I can't say Whatever that, that word. word is. Atherosclerotic. <laughs> so heart disease and cocaine use. Yeah. And then toxicology results revealed additional drugs in her system, including Benadryl, Xanax, and Flexeril. I don't know what that is. Huh. And, and are weed. We, we, are we now noticing a common trend with the Benadryl? Yeah, we are. Oh. The DJ AM, he had that in his system, The too. secret killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Her funeral was held on February 18th, 2012, at the New Hope Baptist Church in Newark, New right Jersey. Right back where she started. Bobby Brown went to the funeral, but left shortly after the service began. Oh, that's Good. nice. Ray J went as well and dramatically like did that. Like he kissed his fingers and then touched the coffin as it passed. He wore all the jewelry and had the cash in his yeah. pockets. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. money's falling out. He was grateful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, using it to dab his tears. <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a big gold necklace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whitney is buried next to her father. And now we get to a quick look at the sad case of her daughter, Bobby Christina. Mm. Bobby Christina, or Chrissy, had always intended to become a famous R&B singer like her parents. And she had performed at her mom's concerts with her on plenty of occasions. And she had a small acting role in Tyler Perry's For Better or Worse, the TV show. Mm. And interestingly enough, Angela Bassett was friends with Whitney, and Angela Bassett directed a Lifetime movie in 2014 mm. about the period in Whitney's life between the late 80s and the mid 90s. And it was called Whitney. 
apparently Bobby Christina had lobbied to play her mom. And when asked about it by Entertainment Weekly, Bass had said that she had never considered the idea because, among other things, Bobby Christina was not an actress. Ooh. <laughs> so wow, in response, that is harsh. Chrissy tweeted, this is a whole mess. I don't even know how to articulate this. This is when people started like just yelling at people like, I should be in your movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse than that. Look yeah. at this quote. She calls her basket case. <laughs> and then says, yep, 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 yep. has such a damn nerve. My Lord, at least the world doesn't mistake me for the wrong sex. She has <gasps> some hashtag extra equipment. And then she continues, when I win my first Grammy or Oscar, shrugs, hmm, whichever comes first, I'll be sure to shout your name out, bitch. Oh, shit. It's not over yet. Ha. <laughs> Wait, I thought it was only 140 characters. Th at this these time. are two different tweets. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a thread. Ha, your test results equals male, M-A-L-E-L-M-A-O. Oof. Well, she kind of said the same thing she already said in the first tweet. Yeah, she's, you know, <laughs> rehashing the same <laughs> she's idea. She's reiterating the, uh, <laughs> the initial slam from the first one. <laughs> Angela Bassler was taken aback with this tweet and Bobby taking Christina. Taking a basket case? Yeah. Bobby Christina <laughs> later semi-apologized for it. Wow. So she's sort of <laughs> she said, I'm erratic. Sorry. I'm like, sorry you're a guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> she's got some, uh, you know characteristics of you got a little bobby and whitney in yeah, yeah exactly of her erratic parents that boston thing in there too right not uh not, not something... a good trait yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah you said kind it. of the you chip on it. the shoulder thing like <laughs> what do you think of better than me and in <laughs> in 2013 bobby christina announced her engagement to family friend nick gordon who she previously referred to as big bruh online weird and this weirded a lot of people out who knew them because he had been like a cousin to her. And he was unofficially adopted by the Houston family back in the day when they were kids. Mm -hmm. And so everyone was like, what? You're suddenly going to marry this guy? He's like your family. It's kind of like how Whitney was going around with Ray J. It's like the Olive Garden. We're all family here. Yeah. <laughs> Have my breadstick. Unlimited. The Houston family, Olive Garden. Same thing. <laughs> Yeah, inbred family. Oh! Inbred sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Never-ending inbred sticks. <laughs> Bottomless basket case. <laughs> Although they said that they got married in 2014, it was later found out that it was never legal. Mm. So they were never actually married. No, it was just an announcement, but no yeah. marriage. Yeah. And so rumors swirled around Bobby Christina that she had drug problems like her parents. And on January 31st, 2015, Nick Gordon and a friend found Bobby Christina face down in a bathtub. Oh my just God. Just like her mom Crazy. at their home in Georgia. Crazy. And they say they tried CPR until the medics arrived. And then she was placed into an induced coma at the hospital. I remember this. Which lasted for six months. I didn't remember it lasting six months. Uh -huh. I thought it was like a That's few days. so long. Nope. It's crazy. And Bobby Brown ran to be by her side and this whole time was like, we're not going to unplug her and we're going to hold out hope. Yeah. Now he's trying to act like the great dad. The best dad ever. Yeah. yeah. 
Bobby Christina died in hospice care on July 26, 2015, age 22. And so she was buried next to her mom and grandpa. Damn. That grandpa being the guy that tried to sue Whitney at the end. Yeah. (laughs) What a wild family. Yeah, the Fulton County Medical Examiner's Office said that marijuana, alcohol, benzos, and morphine were found in her body. And as far as her cause of death, undetermined. Rumor mill swirling again that Nick Gordon, her quasi husband, had something to do with it. Did he have anything to benefit? Like, what you'd have to prove that people think he was involved somehow. Okay, if they were actually married, he would have to benefit. But if they're not actually married, then yeah, I think they were just they were just addicts. Yeah. Word on the street is that if he didn't inject her with anything, he at least gave her a lethal cocktail. Yeah. And that he was responsible for the bruises found on her body. Nick Gordon eventually died of a heroin overdose in 2020 at the age of 30. Jeez. So they're all gone. Yeah, we'd like to tell you there's a happy ending to this story, but uh, it's all bad. Bobby Brown still lives. Saddam Hussein's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Uday where Kuse, this, the story ends. Yeah. Jeez. But Bobby still stands. That's, mm-hmm. that's also the, the bad ending. That's a tragedy. Yeah. Final thoughts. <sighs> she was a, a national treasure. She was, uh, you know, I that that song that you know, God bless America, will live on. Well, Star, yeah. Star Spangled Banner. Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like crying over here and getting things wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean her music in general. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's timeless. It is. Yeah, yeah. You'll always hear it. She had the best voice, I think, of that of her generation. Mm-hmm. Better than. Mariah Carey, for sure. Yeah. Like, who else is there, really, that could, like, even come close? Nobody. I would say no one. Yeah. She's like Aretha Franklin like that, like, you know, just untouchable as far as, like, everyone else around her. The music lives on. Mm -hmm. The music, she does live on. But it doesn't get more tragic than a mother and daughter dying. The same exact way. The same way. (sighs) You can't even wrap your mind around it. Well, they both like the tubs. I guess, I, to their own detriment, I guess. I don't know. I mean, who doesn't like a good bath, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't had a bath in a while. Not to say <laughs> this is making me want to take a bath at all. <laughs> Wash myself with a rag on a stick. <laughs> yeah. Light a candle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, do some drugs. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're not doing benzos and morphine, I think you'll be all right. Yeah, it's it's almost as if, like, you're dancing with the devil at that point. Yeah. Just, you know. In the pill moonlight. In the pill moonlight. Take a the pill bath moonlight. while you're sober. See what you did there. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, I missed it. <laughs> I said dance with the devil in the pill moonlight. Oh. P-I-L-L. I flipped it. Hello. What else we got here, guys? Not much more to say <laughs> than yeah. uh, rest in peace. Rest in peace. Whitney and Bobby. R.I.P. No, hold Whitney. Oh, Bobby. Yeah, Bill. Bobby, Bobby Christina. Christina. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. Bobby. Fuck not Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. Not Bobby Brown. Fuck you, Bobby Brown. You're on the diepod shit list. Yeah, you. Yeah, you're on the list, buddy. <laughs> yeah, the... it's a short list, but you're right up there on it. You're, I don't know. Uh, it's an ever growing list. Simon Monjack. Uh, yeah. You. It's getting pretty long at this point. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people. Some of there. the LAPD. Yeah, you fox. Uh huh. Possibly William Shatner. Possibly. (laughs) (laughs) That's still debatable, right? John Landis? Yeah. He's on there, I think. He's definitely on there. Max Landis? Mm hmm. Yeah. No comment. Well, (laughs) we will return to Max Landis in our post mortem for the Twilight. We sure will. Coming 
soonish. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, uh, follow us on Twitter at DiePod2021. YouTube at Death and Entertainment. Where we always have, you know, accompanying videos. A lot of stuff up there. A lot of good, juicy videos up there. Yes. Instagram at Death and Entertainment. Yep. And email us, deathandentertainment at gmail.com. Yeah, you got any beef? You got any problems? You got any suggestions of uh, a, a die you want to see? We recently did actually, DJ Am was a suggestion from my friend Sullivan. Yes. So I kind of gave a shout out mm. on the Instagram for that. So if you have any suggestions, send them our way. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear a story? We can tell it. We'll tell it. We appreciate them. Yep. We, we love you guys. Appreciate you. Yeah. Keep coming back. You hear? Yeah, you fucks. All right. See you next week. See you later. Bye now. Bye. Chuck a gun, chuck a gun, chuck a gun, chuck a gun.